3: abraham lincoln radio studio at the george washington broadcast center jack armstrong and joe getty the armstrong and getty show
0: i just want to repeat this one more time the political story of the day yesterday which got eclipsed by liz cheney losing so that's the political story of today she lost by like 40 points um could have kept that seat forever Decided Trump was the, the biggest threat to her party in America, so chaired the January 6th committee. You know the whole story. And it would either a profile in courage, or you think she's a traitor, or you know, whatever. That, that's your deal. Well, buddy. the people of her state have spoken. Yeah. And she lost big. Anyway. The story the Democrats wanted, I think, really yesterday, was they passed one of the most... Conse- I-, I read some hyperbolic headlines. The most consequential piece of legislation in decades period, or certainly the most consequential piece of legislation for Joe Biden, or this revitalizes the Democrats. That's the Inflation Reduction Act that not only passed, but got signed into law yesterday. It's over. It's done. So revisit this poll. What percentage of Americans think the Inflation Reduction Act will reduce inflation? This is a U Gov poll. Never been accused of being a right-wing organization. of Americans think it will decrease inflation. 12% of Americans think the Inflation Reduction Act will decrease inflation. So about half. (laughs) Has there ever been a piece of legislation (laughs) poll so poorly so immediately? You have to laugh. You do have to laugh. And it's going to go down from 12 because over time when people (laughs) say, wait a second, electric car rebates i'm not gonna buy an electric car what are you talking about it's gonna go down from the 12 (laughs) all right and what does an electric car have to do with that anyway here's the best part 40 percent, the plurality think it will increase inflation wow 40 to 12 (laughs) yes and then you got 25 not sure and uh 23 that say no change wow that's incredible. This should be a headline all across America. The Inflation Reduction Act. 12% of Americans think it's going to reduce inflation. How did you not see that on any evening newscast?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and, and you know,
4: we had uh Jake Tapper grilling Pramila Jayapal, the communist leader of the DNC. Um, Uh, who tap-danced around, but essentially they got to just admit, hey, it was just a marketing ploy, all right? We called it that because it sounds good, and people are worried about inflation. And 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 people are stupid and don't pay attention. Except they're not so
0: stupid, as it turns out, according to that poll. (laughs) Yeah, it's in a marketing ploy, and oh, by the way, it worked well enough to get it signed into law. So we win. woo
5: Yeah, yep,
4: yep, yep. So uh, also from the world of politics, and we're not going to dwell on this for very long. I just that we realized we not touched on a couple of uh, quotes that we wanted to in terms of the raid on Trump's uh, house at Mar-a-Lago and the search. And is there an indictment that whole that whole fracas, which uh, I mean, uh, virtually every outcome I picture ends with even spicier spicy times. More anger, more accusations, more legit indignation, more wild-eyed conspiracy theories, more fevered media, the rest of it. I, I, I'm hoping it doesn't go that way. I'm thinking it will. But anyway, we'll find out. Uh, we'll all find out together, won't we? And we'll meet here and talk about it. A uh, couple of things, a couple of opinions about the the raid, the search. And then we are going to reward your patience with hilarity. <laughs> musical hilarity and reward, entertainment.
0: Reward your patience.
4: Eat your vegetables. Right. Uh, let's start with Ben Dominic, uh, Clip number 36. Uh, an interesting take and one that's shared by a lot of folks. Look, I think that...
5: We can't really speculate here with any real confidence because we've had we've been we've gone through this experience before with this FBI. It's, familiar. Uh, it's very familiar. It feels like, you know, you're you're uh, building on all of these different. Well, the FBI wouldn't do this
4: unless they had something that was real, that was tangible, that was, you know, threatening, you know, perhaps uh, whether uh, this is someone who's going to be able to run for president again. And I think, unfortunately, we now, you know, no longer can give the FBI or the DOJ the benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah, that expresses the point of view of a hell of a lot of people. Um, And then uh, I love this. This is so great. This is on MSNBC. Ladies and gentlemen, the boyfriend of uh, Agent Page, heavily involved in the Trump dossier, uh, beginning the investigation into Trump collusion, et cetera, vouching for the FBI. Please welcome Peter Strzok.
2: Absolutely. The American public should trust what the FBI is doing. It's not that the FBI is targeting any one side or the other. What you see is the FBI going out on a day-in, day-out basis, objectively investigating allegations of law.
4: Wow. Are they unfamiliar with the concept of irony in MSNBC? (laughs) Do they not grasp... The, the, the hugeness of the self beclowning they engaged in in asking that guy to vouch for the FBI. You can't make this stuff up.
0: Right, yeah. Not, the, not a good messenger for that. Wow. That's just, it boggles the mind. So it was Ian Bremmer that tweeted out yesterday, media predictions that the walls are closing in on Trump, he'll never get out of it this time, have been consistently wrong for seven years. And for good reason, they've been wrong, because it turned out the claims of various things just weren't true. So, uh, yeah, that's where a lot of the skepticism comes from all the way around us. By the way, Joe Rogan, who's got a gazillion podcast listeners and is a nonpartisan sort of guy. I mean, he's a Bernie supporter. He's a just he's all he's all over the place.
4: Man, if I had his money, I'd burn mine.
0: Uh, FBI's Trump raid was a ploy to knock him out of the 2024 elections. So that's the take he's given to his listeners
4: yeah interesting ah so one of the main uh, topics of conversation particularly among conservatives is uh and trump supporters and you know both is that uh the inconsistency between the treatment of trump who may or may not have classified stuff at mar-a-lago and hillary clinton who had a server full of it and you know we all remember that pretty well right well Came over or came uh, across rather a, a delightfully entertaining refresher course on that set to music. Michael, do you have that handy? Let's dig the grooves, man.
0: What I want to do is tell you what
4: we're recommending, but first, let me tell you what we found 110 emails, 52 email chains have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains are top secret, 36 of those chains. Confidential
2: information
3: What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted
2: There was no law, no regulations. Secretary
0: Clinton should have known That an
4: unclassified system was no place for that conversation
2: I did not email any classified material To anyone on my email None of these emails should have been on Any
3: kind
4: of unclassified system
3: well, nothing was marked classified contrary, Nothing was marked classified There is evidence Nothing was marked some Nothing some
2: was some marked classified Now let me tell you what we found oh One hundred and ten It was not the best choice fifty-two email chain It was the mistake Determined to contain
0: classified information that is both entertaining musically and everything else and funny, but it's good to be reminded of how strong those claims from James James Comey were in light of the raid of Trump's place. That's a lot of emails and top secret this and even more secret that.
4: Well, and the fact that Hillary unequivocally stated on multiple occasions there were no classified emails, and there were actually quite a few because over classification, confidential, who cares? But there were quite a few that were top secret. She was not indicted. They didn't confiscate the server. They just thought, well, she's powerful and she's about to be the president of the United States. Because remember, everybody thought she was going to win. Yes, everybody. yes, yes. The New York Times days before the election, given what was a ninety-one percent chance or something like that, um, just lied, it claimed without evidence that there were no email. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's just it's something. I get why people are pissed.
0: So executive producer Hanson thinks this deserves the breaking news donkey. I I just just, I'm not feeling it for some reason, but this is uh, this is pretty big. The current leader of the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, has just uh, scathingly reported on her own organization, citing the botched pandemic response and calling for a reorganization of the CDC.
4: Yeah, I'm not sure that's uh, immediate enough to merit the donkey, but it's significant. It's pretty big.
0: It's pretty big. I mean, this is not the next CDC director saying this. This is the one who was in charge while it was going on. Right. Uh, Yeah. Wow. How interesting. I mean, obviously,
4: that's self-evident what she
0: said. It is self-evident. She said the public guidance has been confusing and overwhelming. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty accurate there
4: and obviously dishonest at times as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She said, I, "Listen to this. Uh, I appreciate her her uh, uh, accountability
4: or or honesty. It's such a rarity." I mean, folks, isn't maybe that's the headline. A government official has said, "Hey, we didn't do a very good job." Holy he, cow, knock me down with a feather.
0: While while still there. Yeah, it's not a the next person gets to come in and blames the building. And nobody pays a price. She's saying it about her own organization. I'll hit you with a couple of her quotes, which are pretty pointed when we come uh, back. This yeah. This is perverse. She should probably should be drummed out of government service. Yeah, sorry, didn't anybody tell you this isn't the way you do it? You retire with your everything and, you know, accolades and all that and your pension and and then the next person says mistakes were made, but we've we've turned the page. And that that's the way you do it. Come idiot. on. Idiot. Yeah, you idiot. <laughs> Stay tuned for that and other stuff on the way.
2: Armstrong and
0: Getty show. Do so you guys see this? Thousands of pouches of Capri Sun have been recalled because the juice might have been contaminated with cleaning solution. Oh. Yeah, and now they're actually rebranding
4: as Capri Sun Lysol Blast.
0: Uh... <laughs> Lysol Blast. <laughs> wow. Yikes. So we're not calling this breaking news. It's kind of breaking news. Brandon the News Donkey, it's- that's all, we, that's all you get. That's all you get. Sounds like a seal. But the leader of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, I think doing the right thing and the, the, you know taking a look at things while she's still there, says the CDC failed. Uh, it was confusing and overwhelming during the pandemic. For 75 years, we'd been preparing for COVID-19, and in our big moment, we did not meet expectations. And among the things she mentions is that the agency's COVID team rotated out after only a few months, leaving other senior federal health officials unsure about who is in charge. Important data sometimes inexplicably relates too late to inform people about what they should do and behind the, the, the story. Uh, as usual, a gazillion, as uh, Tim Sandifer always points out, and government agencies fail, you throw more money at them as opposed to when businesses fail, they go under. Yeah. <laughs> you try something different. So they'll get way more money to, in theory, make things better.
4: Well, and you know that doesn't even, even enter into the whole Trump derangement syndrome right, aspect right, of it. That was just—I mean, if you could run an experiment where you, uh, you know, you you'd tell a bunch of politicians or or you know, health officials or leaders or whatever, uh, Donald Trump said he's firmly in favor of the uh, the vaccine immediately and shutting down restaurants. Whoa, You can't do that. That'd be idiotic. Wait a minute. I mean, you would see people just switching sides like crazy. Which is disturbing and makes me hate humanity. So does this. I mentioned this early in the show, but we want to make sure you heard, uh, you folks heard this as well. The most regretted or most changed baby names in America. About 30,000 people have changed their baby's names in the last five years. And the first two are kind of funny. And the rest of the list makes me hate humanity. I mean,
0: when, you're, when they're a baby, you just named them that. How, do you, how did you not be more sure of the name? And then who cares anyway?
4: Right, right. Well, and, you know, it's funny. I'm reminded of the old saying that um, uh, conservatives hate humanity, but they like people. And, uh, and uh, progressives love humanity, but they hate people. And, you know, I think about that a lot, cause that, that, uh, conservatives think humanity's flawed, uh, we're, we're selfish, we're often violent, and you need to design a system with incentives and disincentives, uh, so that uh, you know, humans can live and work together. Whereas progressives think they can educate and control, bow, browbeat, jail, re-educate whatever humanity into some sort of perfection. Um, but then they're mean and bitter in person. A lot, and they, <laughs> they just despise anybody who doesn't agree with them. It makes me crazy. Anyway, uh, so back to the list. This is funny. You can figure this out pretty quickly. The most changed name is I-S-S-A-C. The most adopted name is I-S-A-A-C. So it's people who misspelled Isaac, and somebody pointed out, hey, Isaac is an I-S-S-A-C. It's got two A's, not two S's, and they're like, don't!
0: No! So you go to the courthouse to change the name to the correct spelling, okay.
4: Yeah, exactly. And number two, ladies, one for you, the most changed, number two most changed name, and most changed girl's name, is C-H-O-L-E. Chole. Chole. <laughs> That's not a pretty name. <laughs> it's not a pretty name. It's an effort to say Chloe, but it's a typo. That's the number two most changed name,
0: Chole. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to get a, you know, pick a name that's not obvious how you spell it, spell it correctly. But so what are the other people doing who change their names? That well, just seems so, so odd
4: to me. Here's the rest of the list, and this is why I don't like humanity. Aiden, Connor, Elliot, Michael, James, Isabella, Sophia, David, all spelled correctly and the uh, the the folks at the wapo looked into this figured out people decide the name they chose for their kid is falling in popularity or wasn't as popular as they thought and so they go with a more popular name they go off of the original name and opt for a hotter name
0: Holy crap. So if Sophia gets replaced by Emma as the number one girl's name, you change your kid's name. That's weird. I didn't know people cared about that. I've never thought about that ever in my life. Well, and that's the opposite of what we think we would think
4: would happen. You realize, you know, as you pointed out, every other kid in your kid's first grade class is named Brandon. So you think, well, maybe we go with Jimmy. I don't know. (laughs)
2: Let's go, Brandon.
4: But no, it's the opposite. People want a more popular hot name for their kid you should not have a kid if you do that give me your kid i will raise it
0: i know a girl named madison who is friends with four other madisons in her sorority
4: (laughs) wow they gotta form a gang or a singing group or something so in praise of mediocrity why you should do things you're bad at this will change my life going forward. I have been persuaded perhaps you will too.
0: Cool. If you miss an hour of the show, podcast is Armstrong and Getty on demand.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've been
5: complaining about this
0: for a long time now. Too much news. Too much news. They need to cut back on the amount of news. Too many people. Too many stories. Too many things happening. (laughs) Liz Cheney lost big. Thinks she's Lincoln. Um, The Inflation Reduction Act passes, even though nobody thinks it's going to reduce inflation. You know, you could have showed up in Wyoming and said, vote for Jack.
4: And you'd have lost by about the same amount she did. (laughs) That's
0: a very good point. Oh, and the guy who stabbed Salman Rushdie just did an interview with the New York Post. What? So, uh, yeah, speaking for the first time. So maybe I'll hit you with some of that before the hour's up.
4: Oh, boy. You know, when uh, I was raising my three kids who are now uh, young adults, uh, I used the parlance of today's youth. Because they are today's youth, and I used to tell them, "You got to be willing to suck at something." I said, "Don't worry about being bad at stuff." And huh. I'm I'm glad I taught them that. I hope I taught them what that was, well enough.
0: What was your intent with that? Uh, don't get discouraged if things are hard at first. Hmm. Mm.
4: Don't, don't look at other people who are really good at it and think, wow, look at me. I'm not very good at it. I'll never be good at it.
0: Um, You weren't, so you weren't thinking suck permanently. Okay. That's the way I was looking at it.
4: No, don't be afraid, uh, yeah, to be bad at something at first. That was the ultimate, you know, lesson. Um, and, and I came across this piece in Axios, which actually kind of distills down several pieces of journalism that I thought was really good. And it made me, because I, I've already believed this, but this really drove it home in a way that I'm going to try to live up to. Um, The headline is, Do Things You're Bad At. And they get into a bunch of different reasons why. There's incredible merit in chasing hobbies you're not very good at. We all value excellence and success and productivity. But doing hard things sharpens our minds and our bodies, keeps us grounded, Um and then they they actually go into Jack a, a, an article in the New York Times that you and I talked about a great deal that came out in twenty eighteen that was talking about America's obsession with like being great at your hobby and turning it into a job.
0: Yeah, if you're making money at it, if you're not going to make money at it, what's the point? Which is the, the not the way hobbies have been looked at throughout history.
4: Yeah, yeah, and they get into. um it's not only okay, but it's good for us to do things purely for ourselves.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm believing. I'm going to believe this at the end, but I'm still not playing golf. I'm just telling everybody that right now.
4: Well, yeah, there are limits. Um, if you, if it's something you're bad at, and it fills you with anger and rage, <laughs> and it's expensive, and is expensive, and time consuming. <laughs> Uh maybe you find something else uh anyway uh da, 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 da. so they use uh running as a case in point. Uh, setting modest goals and stuff like that. I found that kind of a like a detour off the main thread of the thing.
0: Although, I can attest to that one, absolutely. I had to fight that all the time because I run slow. And every time I would talk about running a race and somebody would ask my time, I'd tell them it would just be endless mockery. Okay, well, how fast did you run the freaking race? You didn't run it at all. I mean, it was better to be running slowly than not. But I think a lot of people probably don't run because they would be on the slow end. Well, that's yeah. crazy.
4: You know what? You're right. And this, uh, journalist actually, uh, points out that she set a goal to run at least 10 miles a week. And I'm, she points out, I'm not a naturally gifted athlete. The miles I run are slow and steady. And I'm never going to be a champion runner, but sticking to my goal has vastly improved my mental and physical health. Sure. Um, more importantly, I'm much braver when it comes to challenging myself and trying even more new things. I've found that runners who are a lot fitter and faster than I'll ever be respect me a great deal for even trying. Um, and, and that is, one of the main points that I re-dedicated myself to. um, Well, first they mentioned that pushing yourself to learn new skills, especially as you get older, is a great way to uh, continue your mental and physical health and push off the risk of dementia. Do something challenging, a puzzle, a game, whatever. If you feel yourself, yourself getting frustrated... And this could be a hobby. Uh, like, I'm terrible at the visual arts. And I had an artist the other day, I was in a conversation, practically yell at me, saying, try it. Express yourself. Don't worry if you're any good. And I, and I was thinking, well, that'd be frustrating. And, oh, wait a minute. That's the feeling you're looking for. Not at the point that you're helicoptering golf clubs and <laughs> screaming the F word in public. <laughs> But that's the feeling you're looking for, that feeling of, why can't I find this word? Um, Oh, and then this is the point that really got me. Struggling or even failing is one of the most effective ways to overcome fear and boost creativity.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that.
4: It also, uh and doing things we're bad at teaches us to stay humble and laugh at ourselves. There was a, a huge study, I remember, and again, it was the New York Times that when they're not being wildly, stupidly biased, does some pretty good journalism, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a giant study of kids, and they found the number one indicator of success was the kids had tried and failed at something, mm. or multiple somethings, and far from discouraging people to ever try again, it teaches people that wasn't so bad.
0: Well that's interesting. I'd have to think about that in my own life because I've failed at lots of things. <laughs> it's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But if you have failed at a number of things, it's probably it probably automatically makes it less intimidating to try something else new because I've tried all kinds of things new and been bad at them. Well right, you find out it's not a fatal problem. Now maybe
4: try to be four <laughs> no, that's not where I was going. Uh, maybe it's one of those genetic, uh, you're you're either naturally a cheery person or you're naturally kind mm. of uh, more negative. Um, maybe you're the sort of person who greets failure with, I'll do something else.
0: You know, I was just thinking, I think uh, and this is not a positive. One of the reasons I've been willing to try things and fail at them, I don't give a crap what anybody thinks. <laughs> so, and I'm not sure that's a good thing. <laughs>
4: i'm not sure that's a good thing i don't care what you think right right well that's handy in a lot of ways especially oh my gosh one of the side articles that you link to through this article is uh, a discussion of perfectionism which is something neither you nor i has ever suffered from. no
0: i i do not <laughs> struggle with
4: perfectionism <laughs> but they talk about i mean there's some heart-rending stories about people who just are just amazing and do amazing things, and they end up miserable or committing suicide or whatever because they fell short of their own just crazy idea of how perfect they ought to be.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, and they, yeah.
4: they get into some of the, how that's rampant in uh, the Asian world to a large extent. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's kind of an aside. Yeah, um, whenever
0: I hear perfectionism thrown around, it's almost always is a bad thing for people who have it and uh i i've always wished i had a little more of it i'd like a little of it uh, you know a little more of it'd be good for me but yeah try not to succinism Or
4: something. That's what. uh, That's what I got. You know. As long as I rise above, you know, embarrassing, I'm generally fairly happy with it. But um, uh, and they also make the point that being okay with being bad at some things is great for your peace of mind. Says one therapist. When you refuse to do anything you're not great at, what you're telling yourself is that you're only okay if you're perfect. That's going to lead to a lot of pain in life. If you enjoy it,
0: do it. Wait, not do it to, badly not to derail the conversation or maybe it's a flip side of the same coin but i D- derail away i feel like i have more problem with my kids and encouraging them to do things they are good at because there are a few things that i seem to have some talent for that i wish i had pursued harder uh, because i i have some ability at it and i and i didn't like my my one son's really good at drawing he just has some natural artistic ability and I sh- I have trouble convincing. Him. This you know this is something. This is a gift. This is something you should work on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's a tough one. You
4: can encourage certainly.
0: Uh, you know I have you have, a, to have a, a passion for something, and if you don't have a passion for it,
4: yeah, exactly. I have a couple of friends who have sons who are gifted, and actually a daughter too, in particular, gifted golfers, and uh, they're college scholarship type players. And uh my son Declan was an incredibly gifted player, I mean, from the earliest age, but he has no real desire to practice and doesn't particularly like hardcore competition. He'd rather be your friend mm-hmm. than beat you. Um, he's just a very, very gentle spirit, so you know uh,
0: hmm. yeah, there's that so yeah,
4: so I've told the story before. He came to me after a couple of years of high school golf uh, that he did pretty damn well in, and he said, "Dad, I think I just want to play this game for fun." And I said, son, you're no son of mine. Exactly. You're out of the will. And you changed his name. Yeah. <laughs> to Isaac with two S's. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you've been listening this whole hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but I, I had to accept the fact that he's very different from me. I always responded to setbacks with, I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to come back and beat you. And it would consume me. And he's just a very different spirit. Yeah. Um, so you kind of la- got to let him find their own way. <sighs>
0: It's great to have a passion for something, but you either have it or you don't. You can't create that, right? Yeah, yeah, you find it. I have a I have a passion for radio and have since I was a teenager. Um, I just do. Uh, I, I I I couldn't not practice playing the guitar or something if I wanted. It'd make me miserable if I didn't practice. You yeah. don't have to make me practice. I want to practice, but I didn't like choose that. I just either have it or you don't. Right. If you have a great
4: mentor, maybe they're going to help you find that within. You know, speaking of music, uh, this is a, a lay me down on the therapist's couch. You know, um, and, and opinions will differ because taste in music differs, but uh, some of the stuff we did with the Dead Flowers, I'll listen back to it, and I am shocked at how great it is. Not that I was great or the songs I wrote were great, but the playing and the production, and it just sounds so good, and it's discouraged me from doing music. Because I feel like I don't know if I can ever be that good again. Hmm. Um, and and uh, and I saw this article, and I thought, you know, the visual arts thing, I may take a hack at it, because I love uh, uh, art, like painting and stuff like that. I love taking throw, it in, but I'm always been terrible at it.
0: Throw on the smock, get the beret, stand out there in your backyard looking at a flower oh, bush.
4: Needless to say, needless to say. Uh, but I need to, I need to just make music, because it gives me joy, and not worry if it equals what I've done before. That's irrelevant.
0: So... To uh, so the other part about m- m- doing something that challenges your brain. So the, what basically happens is the brain say, you know, months, years go by. You're not really challenging. And your brain says, Oh, I guess they don't need us anymore. And the brain cells say, head on out. I guess nobody needs us around here anymore. You know, that's an interesting way to phrase it. But, yeah, that's clearly true. An Interesting, childish, like you're talking to a five-year-old way to phrase it. But, yeah. Right. Um and if you maybe could, your is just a lazy ass, huh? And if you continue to challenge it with new things and saying, like, hey, yeah, hey, got another job for us, everybody. Gather around. Right. Shut sure. up sure. it up. Uh we'll finish strong coming up next.
5: Armstrong and Getty.
0: has just unveiled a new Tesla robot that will perform boring chores by year's end. Hmm. Okay, that'd be nice. Um, I mentioned Monday I was bothered by the stabbing of Salman Rushdie. I've never read one of his books. But uh, it bothered me, I think, because I just had a feeling that we've got all this performative rhetoric going on that's super hot with everybody acting like bad things won't eventually result from that and a guy being stabbed over writing a book um just made me think hey everybody remember all this racial stuff or the fbi's the gestapo or wh- whatever whatever are really really hot r- rhetoric um right. could lead to people getting killed
4: already has
0: already has anyway the uh, an interview has been done by the new york post with the guy who stabbed Rushdie. first interview he- Butchered him, he maimed
4: him, stabbed him over and over again.
0: The New Jersey man praised Iran's Ayatollah in an exclusive jailhouse interview with The Post today. Admitted he didn't think the author would survive. When I heard he survived, I was surprised, I guess, said Hadi Matar. In a video interview from a jail, the 24-year-old wouldn't say if he was inspired by Ayatollah Khomeini issuing a fatwa or edict. Uh, about the Satanic Verses. I respect the Ayatollah. I think he's a great person. That's as far as I will say about that. Uh, I only read about two pages of his novel. I read a couple of pages. I didn't read the whole thing cover to cover. He denied being in contact with the Revolutionary Guard. I don't like Rushdie. I don't think he's a very good person. I don't like him. I don't like him very much. Yeah, that would explain the whole you running on stage and stabbing him thing. Yeah, he's uh, he pleaded not guilty. He's not very good at it. He's someone who attacked Islam. He attacked their beliefs, the belief system. So stabbed at least 10 times, they say. Oh, yipes. Wow, what a freaking maniac. Anyway, he heard, and I talked earlier about his mom has disowned him, and he was living in mom's basement as a 24-year-old, hanging out on the computer all night long, not having a job, and he wouldn't let mom come down in the basement, and mom put up with that for some reason? You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know a lot of things about how I'm going to handle a lot of decisions till they get here. But there ain't no freaking way you're living in my house and telling me I'm not allowed to come into the room. That is not going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, he just hung out in the basement and he heard Rushdie was coming nearby, and so he took a bus over to that place, slept in the grass outside the auditorium overnight with the plan to run up on stage and stab him, which he did. Wow,
4: wow, that's just horrible. I mean, if a stupid, crazy person does something terrible to you, it counts every bit as much as if they had a coherent, specific uh, philosophy.
0: But doesn't it sound like he's almost exactly in the same place as a lot of the school shooters? He's living kind of a pointless, loser life. And in his mind, here's a way to kind of like matter. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, he was looking for a purpose. And his purpose became, after he visited the Middle East... It got radicalized or something. His purpose became, I want to kill Salman Rushdie, of all things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oftentimes, the argument is made that as we get more secular, people need a purpose. But here's a guy who's definitely not secular. He had the whole God thing going.
4: Yeah, well, a version
0: of it. Right. 11 score and 17 minutes ago, Armstrong and Getty brought forth upon this nation... A new broadcast. And now, Final Thoughts. I guess we're playing that in honor of Liz Cheney, who thinks she's the new Lincoln. Uh, Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
4: Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo, our technical director, to lead us off. Michael.
5: Yeah, try new things that you're bad at. When I first started working on this job, I was terrible. Today, I'm truly mediocre. So, Hmm. it's proof, kids, that you've just got to keep on working on it. So, an
4: awe-inspiring story, Michael. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought?
0: Yeah, to just piggyback on what Mike said. You know, do things you're bad at. I was woeful at talking to women. Even I got married. There's hope for you guys. <laughs> there you go. And there you go. Jack, of final thought? You know, I should apply that to my whole video game thing. I've tried kind of a few times and been bad at it. And my kids would love it if I played more video games with them. I certainly don't have a passion for it. I have no interest whatsoever. But maybe I should try harder at Fortnite and uh, Minecraft and see if I can get good enough to play with my kids.
4: My final thought is, as I mentioned earlier in the show, my dog got hurt yesterday, uh, Baxter. And I was picturing surgeries and casts in the the cone and then just uh, horrors and pain from a buddy and the rest of it. And then he bounced back and turned out to be okay. And that made that put me in a great mood. I was very very happy. What kind of weird psychology is that? Should you hire somebody to run at you and say, "I'm going to punch you in the face." Then say, "I'm not going to punch you in the face. In fact, have a good day, my friend." And then you're cheery because you didn't
0: get punched in the face? I don't know. Relief. I guess it's just relief. The stock market just crashed. You've lost all your retirement. No! Oh, good news it it hasn't.
1: Now hey, let's go out for drinks. Now you're in a good mood. That is a
0: weird <laughs> psychology. Yeah.
4: Anyway, he's fine. It was funny. I was sure he was terribly injured. Oh, boy. Terribly, gruesomely injured. Yeah. He's trotting
0: I, around an hour later. I've been through that for real, uh, and it's not enjoyable. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think so little time. Maybe something just popped back into place. I don't know. Uh, go to
4: armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links. A&G swag. You can drop us an email Armstrong, oh, the, all the podcasts are there, armstrongandgetty.com. That
0: reminds me of a friend telling me a story about dislocating their shoulder at yoga. I'll have to tell oh. that on the radio. Oh. Everybody oh. was horrified.
4: God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. i tell you what. Overall, cheerful and uplifting. It's
2: going
1: to do what it do. Which is kind of cool. I really like that. Explain.
0: Whoa. Aww. Aww. Whoa. Aw. Come on.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. What? This is not a game. It's true. Absolutely. In terms of maximizing our collective understanding. About how we will engage. I've learned a lot since this exchange. Absolutely. What do you expect? That's right. On that high note? Hasta la vista. (laughs) Baby. Thank you.
5: important information